if you don't give them an order there is no growth for the company the company will die so if there are 10 startups that are started uh, say in a day in india eight of them uh, fall by the wayside uh, just because they don't have orders at the end of the day so uh, that is where this new you know uh, idex and the startup india challenge is is kind of doing a revolution mm-hmm. uh, in the in the in this in this space so they are kind of providing an opportunity to a new company which has a new idea and a product a solution to uh, the problem that the armed forces are facing and without asking them what is your experience uh, they're trusting them and giving them an order if they executed well and they, as idea forge got a second order everybody yeah. else is also going to get more orders from here on hey everyone welcome to a brand new episode of contra minds in this episode we are in conversation with bipindra nc bipin as he is known is the founder and editor of defense capital defense capital tracks the business and politics of india's growing defense homeland security aerospace and maritime trade and markets we had a wide range of discussions with bipin on the role of startups entrepreneurship in defense tech the structure of india's defense ecosystem and the knowledge and skills veterans bring to the private sector so without any further delay here's our conversation with bipindra nc thank you so much uh, bipin uh, for joining us on contra minds uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the show in fact it is my privilege to be on the show i've uh, kind of listened to a lot of conversations that you have had with a lot of interesting people and the kind of personalities that you choose uh, i'm really privileged and i feel humbled to be part of this uh, podcast with you guys thank you so much uh, swami and vignesh for having me on the show today that no problem but the pleasure is entirely ours uh, before we get into a lot of things about uh, defense tech and entrepreneurship in this space and certain policies regarding how it's boosting this entire space we want to sort of understand what are the origins of uh, defense capital because you come from a traditional pre- uh, journalism background where you've been in pti and toi and bloomberg so what led to the origins of uh, uh, defense.capital okay my platform defense capital is basically a evolution that has happened over the years i've been doing this uh, defense journalism per se for the last 20 years now so i started off uh, sometime around 2020 and then i have slowly gathered i'm i don't have a you know defense background none of my par- my parents weren't from the armed forces i have some extended family members who were from the armed forces Uh, probably the inspiration comes from there because i've lived with one of my uncles who was a, a military officer uh, and uh, so i had the opportunity to live with him and then i was schooling there uh, with him and then uh, i got to go and visit his military facilities and look at all that so i kind of got inspired by that to you know uh, kind of since spend some time on uh, on these issues but i couldn't join the armed forces uh, for various reasons which were beyond my control but uh, apart from that i wanted to really when i got into journalism wanted to pursue this as a subject so jo- i started my con- journalism career from chennai i started off from a very small newspaper called uh, news today which was an evening uh, published in chennai uh, you know right when i was there uh, you know there were some defense establishments in chennai which uh, kind of invited journalists to cover their events and also i started going from then on and then the indian express the new indian express uh, uh, 
uh, which is published from chennai gave me the real break to do uh, defense journalism uh, you know from chennai and i started off from there there are not too many establishments there very small establishment small naval uh, setup and a coast guard setup and a couple of air bases nearby including a coast guard air station so uh, it, that interest started from there and then i moved to delhi uh, sorry to chandigarh to pursue uh, defense journalism i got a break there in times of india uh, where i really got the big uh, break and opportunity because chandigarh is a big place for defense journalism itself and then i moved to delhi where the actual defense journalism is uh, practiced uh, there are stalwarts who practice defense journalism for several years so uh, you know you start covering the armed forces some encounter that has happened or some policy decision so slowly my interest uh, you know kind of shifted towards defense business defense technology defense policies which impact industry which impact businesses so and uh, you know that aspect of it uh, kind of got uh, evolved or matured uh, should i put it that way when i joined bloomberg news as their as india's first ever dedicated defense uh, technology and business correspondent for any uh, foreign uh, you know publication uh, ever so i kind sort of pioneered that uh, that space in journalism where people covered uh, defense technology business trade uh, bilateral uh, diplomacy issues and all that so also you know it aligns with the strategic affairs and uh, foreign affairs issues so i got to cover uh, those issues also for boom for bloomberg news for about 6 years so that is where uh, my uh, interest in everything evolved i started understanding business i started understanding industry and all that evolved there uh, that is how uh, then the obvious thing is you go independent you want to go independent at some point and from there uh, germinated the idea of defense capital which i started uh, uh, you know just before the covid uh, <laughs> outbreak happened uh, in january 2020 so but it's not been a bad journey i must say in the last 2 uh, years i've been doing pretty well uh, Uh, for what i expected i've been doing pretty well so so that's the that's how defense capital evolved <laughs> that's interesting uh, bipin uh, uh, you know as i went through this whole uh, area around defense and technology and business uh, one interesting comment that i uh, came across was the fact that general bipin rawat actually used a statement which said modernization cannot happen without involvement of startups uh, that was a very interesting comment to be made by a general and uh, uh, and as i see the developments that are happening in the defense tech and the defense world uh, this is a, this is a key uh, turning point that i see in how defense was seen probably a decade or a you know uh, you know a decade and a half back to how we are seeing it today is that how uh, Uh, you are also seeing it what do you see are the changes that are happening it's a very interesting question swami uh, that you have asked i i believe i agree with uh, general bipin rawat on what he said in this sphere see if you look at uh, business itself so most of the businesses work for the shareholders they work for profit they want to take back money home at the end of the day so they look at their bottom lines so they invest uh, money where the business is where the money is so all these large corporations uh, per se if you look at it i bracket them all together i don't uh, spare anybody uh, in this peer right now 
all of them are putting money where they see a business where they see an order coming but actually it is the startups which are actually doing the real uh, you know groundwork uh, you know i remember i mean uh, about 5 uh, years back there were about 6000 uh, 7000 odd uh, you know startups that were working in uh, the indian uh, defense sector aerospace and defense i clubbed them together because there are a lot of similarities in both the sectors there were about 7000 of them which were working in india but today it's about 11000 startups that are working in this sphere look okay. at the growth look at the growth in 5 years what has happened in 5 years so the uh, it's it's almost doubled in 5 years uh, uh, so okay you asked about 10 years back see i was covering journalism and i was covering uh, defense journalism hardcore uh, you know 10 years back so that was the kind of time where i was just going uh, i mean reaching my peak uh, uh, then there was not much talk about uh, defense business asset business journalism in in the sector aerospace or even defense sector when i talk about aerospace sector most people think that it's uh, synonymous with the aviation sector but it's not yeah uh, the av- uh, the aerospace sector is much much larger it's a the aviation sector is only a subset of the aerospace sector itself so uh, you know from what i have you know looked at you can say that my evolution is matches with the kind of evolution that has happened or the changes that have happened in the uh, aerospace and defense sector itself in india uh, probably i was one of those early uh, defense journalists in india who Uh, identified that this is going to be a big 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 uh, you know space in the coming years where uh, people will be reporting and talking about it much more much more uh, in a much more uh, intense uh, way than what they were doing say 10 years back so and i picked up the thread and then i started you know uh, what do you call it as ramping up uh, by catching the rope and then just ramping up uh, down that ladder or up that ladder as you uh, you know Uh, want to put it and then i kind of reached where i've reached where uh, i'm now independent and uh, i am it's it's a startup actually it's a media startup in the aerospace and <laughs> defense sector space so that's where i've reached uh, so you know that what i told you earlier and what i told you just now if you just just suppose these two together then you can understand the kind of growth this sector has had over the years why people are now Uh, talking about it defense journalism is itself is uh, changing its nature mm-hmm. uh, to covering defense business mm-hmm. and trade uh, which i picked up the thread much early and i kind of sort of pitched it uh, to bloomberg uh, and then joined them as the first ever uh, defense business and trade uh, uh, correspondent ever in india working for a foreign financial news wire so that's the uh, story of indian defense startup itself uh i mentioned about uh, sorry i'm taking too long to answer this no no i think because... i think i think this is a this conversation is a free flowing conversation uh, uh so therefore don't worry about uh, you know uh, i think the idea is uh, some of these conversations go on for long and uh, we just don't have a checklist to say i have asked these 10 questions so <laughs> okay fine that's that's not the way uh, you know i think it's uh, the more we talk we get in depth correct so uh, you talked about uh, work that the startups are doing see uh, startups are doing i i made this statement that start some startups are doing the real work in the aerospace and defense sector uh, you know established uh, small and medium enterprises also uh, sort of look at the nuts and bolts uh, becoming a tier 1 or oh, sorry the tier 2 or the tier 3 or even the tier 4 supplier 
starting from the you know, lowest order of nuts and bolts and then growing up uh, to doing a little bit of uh, smaller parts and components and then doing some subsystems and then doing some larger systems the tire one is the larger systems which for example an aero engine is a system and the aircraft is a system of systems hmm. so uh, you know that is that is what uh, the tire 2 tire 3 and tire 4 are looking at down the order uh, whereas startups startups are doing actual research work they are putting in money in r&d they are developing products they are not looking at just you know uh, getting a tie up with some foreign company which already has a product to supply and then you start getting that technology and the know how to make it and then you start making it here the what uh, how and why of it and then you start uh, making it here so uh, the startups are not doing that most of them are so- sort of doing some real and serious uh, research and development work and most of them uh, i would say i mean if if uh, startups are listening to the conversation that we are having today i would like to tell them that please don't focus only on drones there are much much larger much much larger opportunity in other areas of different sector which the startups can look at uh, i can give you an example simulators uh, just uh, the other day just two days back the government of india uh, the ministry of defense came out with a policy on adoption of simulation for training purposes so which is a great great move actually it's a, it's a defense capital impact we had uh, organized the event in uh, you know in june july of last year 2020 uh, bringing some of the big generals who have served in different arms say infantry the artillery and other uh, you know arms of the uh, services of the armed forces uh, and we had a we had a one day long trash out on uh, the training issues what are the challenges and what, what are the modern uh, you know solutions that we can look at because uh, see more and more operations are happening around the country in jammu kashmir uh, even in the hinterland uh, the anti naxal operations are happening so more and more forces and soldiers and uh, even officers are greatly involved in those operations so they don't get time to uh, you know you know for training to happen you need a large space Uh, where you know large ground where uh, uh, there are natural hindrances natural uh, the terrain uh, hindrances that i'm talking about that you you know kind of train to overcome and then you do your war gaming uh, you know sort of a thing it's basically an exercise war gaming is a different idea exercise physical exercise that you do uh, you know you require time you need to take the soldier out of his operations and put him for 2 3 months in one one area to do the training look at the time of the logistics challenge that they have look at the sort of time challenge that they have look at the sort of manpower challenge that they have you are actually drawing if there are 1000 uh, members in a battalion you are just taking out a few people and sending them the way weakening the strength of the battalion so how to overcome it you have a training center through simulation in your own uh, backyard wherever you are uh, currently operating and then you allot one hour two hour time to each of the and you can do the training faster so simulation technology helps uh, that way so we uh, pr- uh, proposed uh, certain measures that can be adopted and finally the government of india uh, i think i played that uh, ramayana squirrel ka part na in ram setu <laughs> <laughs> that sort of a small part i played we did this thing and we submitted recommendations to the government and i'm happy in just about a year's time they made it into a formal policy so simulation is a great uh, area for startups to look at 
and i you know i i just have to mention some names if it is permitted in your show yeah. there is a company in hyderabad zen technologies it's again a startup they were actually into gaming uh, you know sector and then they started uh, uh, they looked at the defense uh, sector as a uh, you know good business opportunity and they got into simulation and they won an order just about uh, 10 15 days back from the indian air force for one of their uh, you know anti drone technology but they are a great simulation company military simulation simulators company so that's the sort of uh, you know examples we have in india where uh, the startups are doing great work uh, on the ground interesting uh, so what i also read uh, bipin is uh, about 68 million dollars has been set up for idex which is really a huge uh, you know almost like a startup capital uh, to uh, build this uh, you know innovation hub as we call it uh, can yeah. you talk to us about uh, what is this idex idex uh, what kind of work uh, is being uh, sprung there uh, what is really the ambition of idex and uh, what is the kind of technologies that they are trying to encourage and build with uh, you know startups yeah the idex is basically a you know idea that uh, the uh, the indian armed forces have come up with uh, in, interestingly the indian armed forces have started establishing what they call as uh, defense innovation centers or uh, departments or uh, establishments within their the headquarters uh, in delhi so uh, you know i think this idea started about 5 years back where uh, they came up with a with a you know defense startup challenge innovation startup challenge Uh, so that is what the first uh, idea something in uh, 2017 or 18 if i am not able to recall it's about it's about five editions old right now the fifth edition is happening this year so 2017 uh, if if i uh, remember the year correctly uh, so they started this uh, thing to they saw the potential that's what i'm talking about 7000 odd startups in the aerospace and defense sector growing to 11000 uh, numbers i mean it's it's a, it's a huge uh, jump there in 5 years time so uh, this idex was to boost uh, these kind of startup activity which the armed forces saw as the uh, the solution to the problems and challenges that they had uh, again i come back to the same statement startups are doing the actual real work so why should they focus on startups every year they put up some 20 30 or challenges that they are facing while they are using an equipment the army uses multiple equipment different com- countries different origins uh, some are indian some are russian some are western uh, equipment so as they do some of them are vintage uh, 60s vintage 1960s vintage equipment including the migs uh, mig fighter aircraft so they come they face some operational challenges with some equipment or a system or a component or something like that in their uh, in the equipment so they wanted solutions for those problems so this idea of idex uh, germinated from there so first uh, i think i remember they uh, you know went around uh, inter- having interaction with some industry people they brought the industry which was the first thing that ever happened all this happened in the last 5 years huh? so they brought uh, the industry people to their centers where you know it's it's very difficult for any private person to enter a military station or a military establishment but but they invited the companies which are looking for opportunities uh, you know to the military station to show the equipment and tell them these are my challenges can you resolve them so 
that is how this idea started uh, the idx idea started and uh, then they held these uh, uh, defense defense innovation startup challenges where companies came and presented their uh, their ideas their equipment as a solution to the problems that were uh, cited by the armed forces and uh, these were all kind of uh, you know held uh, alongside the the challenges were held alongside the uh, defexpo and the aero india show that happens in india Uh, it's a biennial event uh, each are biennial events uh, uh, you know alternate years these two happen uh, events happen big events so the the award announcements used to happen there the winners used to be happen there i remember the first uh, uh, you know defense uh, innovation uh, startup challenge that happened there were about 23 odd winners uh, you know for a, for a aerospace and defense startup it's a big big thing you know to be recognized as a solution provider to the armed forces of the country and 23 of them were the proud winners of that uh, challenge and that number is you know growing exponentially in the last 5 years and i remember the the, the last uh, event that happened in bangalore uh, uh, you know earlier this year in 2021 the erundi show there were more than uh, you know uh, 100 or companies that were participating in this challenge so which started off with just about uh, you know uh not 40 odd companies so it's kind of growing by leaps and bounds it was more than 100 uh, number of uh, companies that startups that were participating in these challenges so it's a, it's an exciting space actually uh, it's a, it's a, you know i i feel uh, uh, like a child when i when i look at this uh, this kind of development that's happening in the startup startup space in india particularly in the aerospace and defense sector you know that the child like excitement is there when i when i look at this uh, space and the kind of work that these guys are doing it's it's amazing work uh, that this these guys are doing and i think the phase of uh, the indian uh, defense sector is going to be uh, you know completely transformed uh, in in the next 5 years i can see that happening from here on so that's that's how this uh, you know idex idea germinated and now it's evolving into a big big uh, event annually there's an interesting uh, article that i was reading uh, in the us uh, the total market size for software as a service which is a saas product SAS, yeah. which is about 100 billion dollars okay uh, but the us government uh, gave orders for defense equipment which is about 445 billion dollars so the opportunity for defense tech and the market size if you really crack this market is pretty huge and it's not small as we speak right so therefore uh, you know would you would you kind of throw up the kind of opportunities and the scale because we really talk about unicorns right but here there's a there's an opportunity to build an unicorn maybe it won't happen overnight but the fact that these are huge unicorns that can be built like the uh, you know the ones that are there in the uh, you know uh, us and france and Uh, you know the rest of the countries uh, this can become very huge in terms of size right correct exactly uh, in fact the annual defense budget in india is about 60 billion dollars annually that's that's the kind of amount that india spends but uh, not all of them go for uh, procurements of equipment and uh, you know uh, services that are required by the armed forces so uh, if i uh, my estimate is correct uh, uh, the capital expenditure is about 15 16 billion dollars and there is a you know revenue expenditure revenue expenditure you know for the layman uh, who is listening to this conversation is basically the uh, nuts and bolts ex- expenses 
or a maintenance expense so if, if for example if you have brought, bought a printer for use at home every one or two months you will buy the uh, you know the the cartridge ink cartridge for it so the ink cartridge buying is the revenue expenditure whereas the capital expenditure is the printer itself that you bought initially so you know it's in, in layman terms i think people will understand what i've just said about uh, these two sort of expenditure so the 15 billion dollar is the capital expenditure opportunity and uh, the revenue expenditure opportunity is about between 8 and 10 billion dollars so uh, that's about uh, you know 26 to 30 uh, billion dollars is is what the uh, defense expenditure annually is worth so this the uh, startups have a great opportunity here in the sense that of course major expenses go away towards big equipment say there is a warship that is being bought or a rafale jet that was bought recently so these are all big expenditure so these expenditures are staggered you know over say the delivery schedules that happen so once there is a you pay an initial amount and then the deliveries happen and you pay uh, you know staggered amounts to cover the total uh, you know purchase cost of the equipment but where do the startups have opportunity the 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 solution that the vintage equipment that i talked about the solution the new solutions that uh, india needs so the, there are a lot of smaller opportunities that uh, india can cater to like drones i mean lot of startups have this fascination for drones because it's obviously it's a, a great emerging opportunity it's a dual use product you can uh, have payloads which are military payloads which are civilian so uh, there is a great opportunity i see that as a great opportunity of course but uh, there are other areas also where they need to focus and work on when they start doing that this uh, this market size is going to increase uh, drastically and uh, my estimate would be that india as of today would be spending about uh, 2 or 3 billion dollars annually from startups like i told you uh, zen technologies won a order anti drone order counter drone order from afos similarly there is an, another drone maker called uh, idea forge which is based in mumbai and it's an iid mumbai uh, incubator it's a it's a company that evolved from that uh, iid uh, mumbai Sign. incubator Yeah. yeah yeah exactly fine and uh, that company uh, you know has won a couple of orders in the recent years probably they were the first to uh, you know indian startup to sell a drone to the indian army uh, they had developed a quadcopter which they sold first and then uh, the people saw the opportunity and you know everybody started jumping into this drone game that uh, that happened so that company has again sold another drone tactical drone uh, recently so you know there are multiple companies uh, you know new space is another company from bengaluru which has sold again uh, the swarm drone which is a emerging technology in the drone sector uh, to the indian army so the startup companies are bagging contracts yeah the the the, the indian ministry of defense is not asking what is your experience of <laughs> delivering right. or supplying yeah. equipment uh before because in all other sectors you see they will ask you what's your experience yeah. what have you sold before <laughs> to the government so uh, you know that was a say the the chicken egg chicken and egg uh, question yeah. uh so that part has been overcome by this government uh, the ministry of defense uh, today 
No, it's, a, it's, it's, it's an amazing point that you're making. It's not just drone. There are autonomous vehicles. There are unmanned aerial vehicles. You know, there is AR. There is different defense glass. There is underground drones. So, so many startups uh, and I, you know, technologies that are actually fundamentally research-led and deep research-led, which is really Arti- artificial intelligence. Okay, virtual realities. <laughs> all these are big uh, big emerging sectors for the startups to work on for uh, the defense sector right so i think so when when we look at the defense space right i mean by we i mean lay people who read newspapers and get their news from tvs etc uh, they hear individual agencies they know what a drdo is they know what's a drd they know what is the mia etc right but uh, there is very little explanation for how these uh, various agencies are actually part of one defense ecosystem right so can you give us a lay of the land of how these various agencies are actually working together as one cohesive unit yeah certainly that's a again a very interesting question that you have asked uh, see all these uh, okay we'll go one by one and then i'll tell you how this this uh, there is some kind of a cohesion in in their work uh, that you see Uh, as you mentioned i'll start with uh, the drdo the drdo is basically the rnd establishment uh, for defense sector in india they have uh, budgets of about uh, you know uh, i think about uh, uh, 10 10 to 15000 crores annually uh, 20000 crores max uh, is what they are they have but most of it they spend on doing research work uh, uh, research work for defense in various sectors not only the uh, agni missiles and uh, the arjun tanks and stuff like the larger stuff but also uh, you know important areas like uh, you know uh, life sciences where uh, what is the kind of uh, food that a soldier who is posted in a high altitude location like siachen should have to ensure that uh, his body gets the nutrition because it's very difficult to eat uh, you know and then do your morning ablutions in siachen because of the the low temperatures that exist there the morning ablutions are a huge pain uh, basically <laughs> literally it's a huge pain so uh, so they ensure that the soldier eats something to keep his uh, energy levels good and also gets nutrition so they work on those kind of activities there is another agency called as uh, you know snow uh, research establishment which is based in chandigarh so uh, sase basically works on uh, you know the 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 climate the uh, the living conditions of soldiers and how to improve their uh, living conditions they have come out with uh, the you know uh, a solar heat you know heated uh, uh, tents which which kind of ensure that you have uh, uh, conditions where you can you know live comfortably without much much uh, the habitat is very important for a soldier when they is posted in a location like siachen so Uh, that it works there so there are you know i'm showing you the two extremes agni arjun tanks to you know the food items and you know clothing and all that so that is a wide range of activity that uh, drdo does and there are other establishments which are called as the defense public sector units or undertakings uh, there are about eight of them uh, in the defense sector which is handled by a department called as department of defense production it's one of the departments in the ministry of defense Uh, so that uh, uh, all these there are uh, uh, three or four uh, you know shipbuilders which are defense public sector shipbuilders 
Mazagon Dock is there. Then uh, the Hindustan Shipyard in Visakhapatnam is there. Uh, then uh, Kolkata has one. So there are uh, four of these uh, shipyards, and there is a aircraft maker in Hal, which is uh, Hindustan Aeronautics Limited. Then there's uh, you know Bharat Electronics, which looks at electronic products and also weaponry. Uh, and then you have BDL, which is Bharat Dynamics Limited, which looks after missiles and uh, you know the hard hitting uh, weaponry of the Indian Armed Forces. And then uh, you have uh, also have uh, Nidani, which takes care of uh, the metallurgical challenges that these equipment face. So they ensure that there are uh, indigenously we are able to uh, make those alloys, which are quite difficult to do. It's a huge challenge. They solve those problems and provide uh, the material. And there is also private sector companies, huge, large companies like Lazen and Tubro or Tata's. Uh, then you have Mahindra's. Uh, Adani's are there, then uh, Ambani was also interested, but he couldn't pursue it uh, much. So all these uh, big names in the industry, then Bharat Forge. So all of them got into the defense sector and all of them are, uh, you know, getting to make some uh, equipment or the other. Lazen and Tubro makes warships for the Indian Coast Guard. Then it also makes a, uh, you know, artillery gun, self-propelled artillery gun for uh, the Indian Army. So Tatas are going to be making a military cargo aircraft, which they signed a deal for right. a couple of days back. Yeah. So uh, I mean, yesterday they signed the deal yesterday. So so these companies are there, and then you have these uh, Zen technology type of SMEs, and then you have startups like Idea Forge that I talked about, and all the rest of the you know uh, in the private sector units are there. So apart from this, apart from the Department of Defense Production, you also have an acquisition wing in the Department of Defense. Department of Defense is different from Department of Defense Production. So the Department of Defense usually handles the acquisition part, the capital acquisition part of it. Uh, they take the call, they take the decision. There is a committee called as the Defense Acquisition Committee, which is chaired by the Minister of Defense. Uh, and it has as members all the armed forces chiefs, the DRDO chief, the secretaries of the departments of uh, in the Dep Ministry of Defense, all the department secretaries, they are all members of that committee. They take a call on. Uh, once they take a call, uh, they have uh, financial powers. Uh, each of them have financial. Even the armed forces have financial powers. Like the vice chief of each of the force exercises that financial power. They have a limit up to which they can take a call on a purchase, whether it's a capital purchase. Revenue purchase is an entirely different stream of purchase that is done. So uh, similarly, the DSE has a certain power. The DSE is the Defense Acquisition Council. Then if it is beyond, uh, say, 2,000 crore, if a value is beyond 2,000 crore, then it goes to the Cabinet, Cabinet Committee on Security, Affair, Security, which is chaired by Prime Minister Modi himself, and which has uh, the Defense Minister, the External Affairs Minister, Finance Minister, and the Home Minister as the members of the committee. So this is the overall. And you know, I told you how uh, that's a very simple answer <laughs> to it. So all of them, uh, when there is a proposal comes for an acquisition or a development of a product or a technology uh, from the respective uh, service headquarters or from DRDO, and it goes for approval, uh, you know, to uh, say the Department of Defense Production and then the Dep Department of Defense, and then it goes to the uh, Defense Acquisition Council for a decision. And once the thing is decided, uh, then the purchase orders are, contract is negotiated and the purchase order is placed ultimately. So this is the how the entire process works. So there are uh, you know more than 50 DRDO labs all across the country. And there is one other very important established called as the 
ordnance factory board now the ordnance factory board which was a single unit which had about uh, you know another 50 odd uh, factories has been now uh, merged together and also uh, divided into seven parts and made into uh, government run state run corporates mm-hmm. now there are seven uh, corporate companies which have been formed out of the uh, these many uh, factories ordnance factories that they had and they have done it in clusters or wise so one of them will make just the artillery guns the other one will make only the tanks some of them will take care of only the clothing aspect of it some of them i mean one of them will take care of the clothing one of them will take care of the uh, the ancillary items like ammunition manufacturing and stuff like that so that is another establishment so that comes under the department of defense production along with the defense uh, public sector undertakings so this is how the uh, landscape uh, looks looks like mm. right i mean another question that i had related to this is so i compare something like this to say how the origins of a company like palantir is right so palantir uh, for those listeners who don't know it's a, a big data defense startup based in the united states and if you look at the origins of palantir it was actually incubated by a a, a fund or a incubator called incuten okay which is basically the venture capital wing of the central intelligence agency or the cia in the united states so the cia is realizing that hey we need to use some popular startup techniques like having incubators and venture capital and stuff like that to get services like palantir or andrel up and running right so do you think that sort of a model will propel progress in this very young and upcoming and you know rapid growth uh, stage that the defense technology sector is in uh see this kind of uh, the systemic comparisons uh, cannot be made because uh, the the methodology that is adopted by the us in you know taking its decisions on right a product development or uh, say acquisition is entirely different from what uh, india does right so uh, so that is where there is a you know that comparison will be like uh, I mean, apples and oranges user, exactly to yeah. use a cliche yeah, uh, yeah. so uh, i mean i wanted to avoid that so no, it's perfect so uh, you know here uh, already there are a lot of policy changes that are happening so right. if you ask me will there be a systemic change uh, where the entire existing uh, uh, you know uh, paraphernalia will be abandoned and then a new setup would be uh, created uh, i doubt it that mm-hmm. that kind of a thing won't happen mm-hmm. so the the best option and the solution here would be for uh, india to Uh, look at its own domestic uh, uh, you know existing systems and see how they can be improved to propel uh, the sectors uh, to the kind of growth levels that it wants it's already uh, i'm sure you are aware that uh, india wants to do about uh, you know 26 uh, billion dollars worth of uh, defense production yeah. in india in uh, by 2025 and do about 5 billion dollars worth of uh, exports uh, during the same period so it's a it's an uphill task right now which uh, you know the exports are less than 1 billion dollars so so mm-hmm. uh, you have just about another 4 years to achieve that so yeah. if if india can create systems and uh, you know define policies uh, you know that suit your existing uh, bottlenecks mm. and and uh, you know uh, try to make it a little flexible and expand the, mm. uh, the or do away with the bottlenecks at right. some point in time and allow these companies to grow uh, and by giving them opportunity see ultimately what what uh, is uh, is what these companies are looking at orders 
if you don't give them an order there is no growth for the company the company will die so if there are 10 startups that are started uh, say in a day in india eight of them uh, fall by the wayside uh, just because they don't have orders at the end of the day so uh, that is where this new you know uh, idex and the startup india challenge is is kind of doing a revolution mm-hmm. uh, in the in the in this uh, in the space so they are kind of providing an opportunity to a new company which has a new idea and a product a solution to uh the problem that the armed forces are facing and without asking them what is your experience uh they're trusting them and giving them an order if they executed well and they, as idea forge got a second order everybody yeah. else is also going to get more orders from here on yeah so uh, i just want to just add one small nuance uh, to it because it's very important see what has happened is earlier what used to happen in the defense uh, spaces that uh, the companies cannot approach the ministry of defense on their own so moto and tell them that see i have this idea this is a new product which we believe your armed forces your soldier will be able to use it quite well and it will help them in their war fighting uh, you know effort and also it will be a good uh, preparation for war so let's try it out that possibility was not there that has changed now yeah now so moto companies can approach and the doors are open uh, in the ministry of defense uh, now Uh, to accept those applications those uh, those ideas to uh, review them and to take a decision and a call on it and then uh, say okay i am liking this idea let's try it out so the opportunity is being given so that's the kind of difference the uh, the uh, you know 500 crore opportunity for the startups it's it's a great, amazing uh, thought process you know of allocating see ultimately what these startups get for their ideas about 1 to 1.5 crore rupees each of the startup yeah. this 500 crore will be distributed among 300 startups hmm. that's the target that has been set so it it's a, it's a trickle actually it's a trickle for the kind of work that is required for the kind hmm. of investment that is required but it's a, it's a good starting place that, right. that's where uh, that's what i believe if i get 1.5 crore defense capital will be much much different than the audience <laughs> today <laughs> right now i'm asking this because it's really interesting so let's remove the incutel side of it at least or the venture side of it mm-hmm. the other way that i'm also looking at uh, a way we can use all the kind of uh, systems that have been set up for uh, drdo and the departments to actually leverage is if i look at something like darpa for example so if we really look at the origins of darpa it was actually set up to actually combat sputnik in the ussr in the space race now while it might be somewhat politically incorrect to say we are in the times of covid and the increasing influence of china so the impact that darpa had also trickled down to a lot of commercial innovations like your gps and your graphical user yeah. interface and the internet as well right yeah. so is there you see coming down the line where you can have a entity like a darpa or a darpa grand challenge or a darpa fund like we have the idex is the first step in that direction but do you see the payoff for this is actually 34 years down the line right so what are your views on something like this is something yeah, i would like to ask that's a that's quite an interesting uh, thing in fact uh, uh, i'm not sure whether i can share it here because it was told to me in confidence uh, there is a thought process in this regard that is going on right now i think uh, i can say that uh, there are some thoughts uh, on uh, reshaping the drdo that's currently going on in the government Mm-hmm. okay how how when how it will work out uh, the finer details are not yet uh, you know set in black and white right so uh, it will be premature for me to talk about it at this point in time but yes 
uh, Vignesh, your question is absolutely relevant here. Uh, there is a thought process where uh, probably DRDO will be doing something like what DARPA is doing at this point in time. Right. So, mm -hmm. and, uh, and uh, you know, most of the technologies that DRDO has developed at this point in time is also kind of, uh, you know, the technology is transferred to several private sector companies. There are interesting policies that DRDO has, you know, Suomoto implemented of how to freely transfer technology without, you know, demanding any royalty right. from the technology that they, uh, you know, they don't want any money at this point in time. They want the technology to be... Ubiquitous. Yeah. Exactly. Be, uh, be a commercial product which is useful to the armed forces. And if it has a civilian application, it will also be used yeah. in the civilian space. See, right. the actual question that you, are, you have asked, the DRDO is already working towards that. They have already implemented a couple of policies in this regard. And they have also released a list of technologies that are available with DRDO, which they want to transfer technology free of cost to the private sector to do manufacturing of those products and uh, you know profit out of it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so that that is happening. And the the larger question that you asked is a is a little premature yeah. uh, for me to talk about at this point in time. Perfect, not a problem. Uh, so, my question, uh, Bipin, is uh, if you really want to do this. Uh, Thing that you're talking about which is uh, you know really be at the cutting edge technology because like what uh, Vignesh was talking saying you know the origins of the internet itself was from the DARPA right so therefore uh, that's really how it went mm. so one thing that I saw was the ecosystem for that which is uh, collaboration with a university collaboration with entrepreneurs collaboration with uh, corporations collaboration with government collaboration with risk capital okay these are the five components that have come together to build that kind of an innovation, right? So uh, is that something that uh, is needed? And how do you think it should be done? And what are your thoughts on how other countries have done it? And how should it be done in a country like India, given whatever uh, you know uh, uh, environment and ecosystems that we have? Uh, you know, uh, the best example of uh, this would be how uh, the U.S. has done, uh, you know, work in the different space. See, the World War II was the you know, turning point in uh, the U.S.'s, uh, you know, defense sector itself. So this DAPA, all this evolved and then the technologies were transferred uh, to the private sector to, you know, make them into a commercial success. Similarly, uh, most, I mean, almost every... Uh, defense production work that uh, that is being done in the US uh, is being done by the private sector. So the uh, many times the criticism that comes, uh, I may be deviating from what you asked, but you know just to make a point here, uh, you know what uh, the criticism that comes, you know towards the Indian way of doing things in the defense sector is that uh, there is too much of em emphasis on the defense PSUs uh, that are there, which are government run. And uh, most of them, uh, the criticism is they do very shabby work. Uh, their products are not uh, of quality. Uh, their work is, uh, you know, uh, you know, subpar. Uh, these are the kind of criticism that come. But if you look at the missile technology work that India has done, it's one of the best in the world. And of course, it was a spin-off from the space uh, sector work that uh, the pioneers had uh, already done. And of course, my guru, Dr. Abdul Kalam, uh, uh, you know, was a was a great uh, thinker in this aspect, and uh, he did the uh, uh, you know uh, did a lot of pioneering work in that in that sphere. 
but unfortunately uh, what has happened is that some of the criticism are uh, real and they are uh, there is there is some uh, basis and truth to those criticisms uh, so that that is where the, the, the rectification needs to happen in uh, you know how india does its things so as i mentioned the united states focuses only on private sector is that a model that we can adopt probably yes probably yes but uh, the kind of politics being a democracy the kind of politics that happens happens in india doesn't allow this kind of a, you know drastic policy change uh, that can happen so what is the way out is a middle path and to uh, bring in some amount of accountability in the work that uh, these kind of defense psus uh, you know uh, you know they do what the sort of work that they do the quality needs improvement the work ethics and the work culture needs a lot of change and uh, you know you know interestingly if you look at the other parts of the world say europe so what has happened in the european uh, space most of the companies say italian company or a france based european company most of them were government run companies at some point of time uh, or even brazil for that matter i am looking at uh, embraer embraer was a government run company which was privatized hmm. this happened in spain this has happened in uh, Uh, you know uh, in brazil it has happened in france it has happened in italy and it has happened in germany also most of the government run uh, defense establishments have been privatized at some point in time and all of them have grown by leaps and bounds so there is always this comparison i am just for the benefit of your readers i mean your listeners i want to say that uh, the embraer was started at the same time as hal Uh, Hindustan Aeronautics Limited, but it's it's a it's a ten times much bigger company than HAL is today. Mm. So so the, that's the kind of uh, change that has happened. Uh, you know, some I must credit uh, privatization. Uh, you know, to be one of the factors for the turnaround that has that Embraer has uh, witnessed. So probably that is a model that we can adopt. But you know, as I mentioned earlier, politics is a big uh, uh, you know uh, hurdle that comes in the way. Uh, probably if there is some kind of a consensus in the political uh, class on uh, for the, for in national interest so that is when the kind of changes can happen uh, uh, you know uh, the darpa type of changes can happen the uh, the lockheed martins and the boeing type of changes can happen or even even the uh, you know the airbus sort of a change can happen or embraer sort yeah. of a change can happen in india that's that's what i believe i think but we are uh, it, it, i i don't want to say that it's a long haul because i'm, I'm always an optimist right so, so i i i want to see these kind of changes happening in india and probably the the private sector is doing excellent work for example uh, the lazan and tubro has delivered warships uh, to the indian coast guard uh, much much ahead of the delivery schedule that was fixed by the government of india so you know months ahead of so that's the kind of efficiency that we are showing and uh, the indian shipyards are now exporting warships to other countries uh, some in the indian ocean neighborhood uh, some in south china sea so that's the kind of uh, work that the private companies have started doing so you know there is another you know sme uh, which is based in kanpur uh, it's called as mku which makes uh, you know personal protection kit for soldiers they are a big big exporter of their products to countries abroad to okay. police forces and military forces abroad uh, to uh, southeast asian nations to african nations some in even south america some in europe they have exported uh, quality 
you know personal protection products to the companies so uh, to i mean to uh, the foreign con- countries so that what i mean to say is there is potential for uh, changes to happen potential for uh, the private sector to have a greater participation and w- since they most of them focus on efficiency and getting uh, done, things done in less budget uh, better quality and uh, on time delivery i think it will be a great idea to have the kind of changes that we talked about just uh, recently if yeah. i have not covered anything from your question you can just repeat it yeah. because yeah, i just yeah. lost, lost that uh, thought uh, no, no. so my my, my question really uh, was around the ecosystem of working with academia universities yes. uh, because there's a lot of fundamental research that happens there and from there comes in technology which gets adopted by defense and there is there's something called dual tech which is uh, some are used in military establishments some, some become uh, commercial establishments and that's how innovation has happened in these countries and that's the kind of innovation uh, you know that we need to drive here and uh, you know what would you think are the frameworks are the push that is needed to get this going okay i'll just first touch upon what has happened till now so uh, i mentioned earlier also iit bombay iit chennai uh, there are a lot of other institutions where uh, you know uh, the defense sector the defense ministry is engaging with uh, with innovation hubs basically uh, uh, incubation centers have been established in most of these these institutions today where there is joint collaborative work that is happening drdo is doing some part of that work drdo has established chairs in some of these academic institutions technology institutions uh, where some kind of work is happening uh, the idea forge uh, which i kept mentioning earlier, earlier came out of uh, such a hub uh, you know the all these startups are coming out of those hubs i think they have a huge potential to work on uh, different sectors that we talked about not just focusing right. on drones so that will provide the opportunity for uh, for uh, you know this the two way flow of information two way f- flow of thought two way flow of ideas and also ultimately i mean the academic the academic sector cannot uh, academia cannot do production work so what germinates from uh, this collaboration between the government establishment and the uh the incubation centers and the uh, academia can flow into the private sector uh, which can ultimately come out with a commercial product and make it a commercial success the academy also it's a win 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 situation for all the three uh, three sides it's right. uh, so basically they get the academia gets its royalty the government gets the equipment that it wants and the you know, the commercial establishments uh, get their bottom lines right at the end of the day so that's the you know uh, kind of uh, win 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 situation that uh, uh, this can throw up yeah. usually they call it as public private partnership they should yeah. make it as public private and academia partnership right so, so that's where the winning formula is right so i'll just i'll just switch gears a little bit i think uh, you know uh, recently there was an agreement between the indian navy and flipkart about uh, hiring veterans uh, into the organization so one of the questions i had was uh, you know what are your thoughts because it's a it's a very popular trend in the west where veterans who have served in the military come back and advise corporations and stuff like that so a question would be my question to you is you know what do you think is the experience and the knowledge that a veteran actually brings to private corporations 
see the veterans are uh, already trained uh, manpower that exists they have huge skills they not only have uh, security skills they also have secure you know uh, interpersonal skills they also have leadership skills they also have administrative and managerial skills so all these skills are already imbibed in them while they are you know getting trained or performing their role as uh, soldiers and officers in the armed forces so it's it's actually a great idea for uh, and also i mean it's a fact that uh, most of the the soldier rank officers uh, retire in they retire come out of the force when they yeah. are 35 36 37 so that is the age when they come out and they have 15 or uh, you know more years of productive uh, life in in a, in the in the in the civil civil streets as they call it yeah so uh, it's a it's a great uh, opportunity but this is not a new idea yeah what flipkart and uh, the navy has done now is not a new idea hmm. this the there is a separate department of uh, ex servicemen welfare in the ministry of defense which takes care of this and there is also a department of uh, ex servicemen settlement hmm. so you know these departments work on uh, you know this area of providing opportunity beyond their service life hmm. uh, armed forces service life uh, thanks to all their services that they are performing uh, they are doing to this nation so there is uh, there are schemes there are also entrepreneurial schemes that uh, the these departments that i talked about offer uh, to these ex servicemen who retire so uh, the private sector has benefited see uh, we talked about um, academia right so iit madras has hired a former lieutenant general to take care of the incubation center that they have uh, you know in technology areas so look at the kind of contribution that this general will be making because yeah. of his experience having served in the armed forces and you know, having practical experience of using equipment finding what is the and jugad there is a term in hindi called yeah. as jugad nam i don't know in tamil what is the term or in other languages what is the term that is used uh, but <laughs> that jugad is a great uh, thing that the indian military has adopted at a you know every stage when they face the problem in the in the operational areas they have a problem with the rifle they immediately do a jugad yeah. and ensure that it's firing it continues to fire at yeah. the enemy so uh, these are all innovations please people might call, you know uh, it's a very ridiculing statement calling it as a jugad which is a very colloquial term of saying that it's a it's a raw uh, you know solution that you find but actually it's not it's a, it's, it's an innovation that uh, these uh, military minds have done yeah. so he is bringing that kind of expertise that the I, the the mindset to find solutions to problems which are military mm-hmm. so that is what is imbibing in the students uh, who want to do some uh, research work and do some uh, startups right. uh, from these in, uh, incubation centers right. that they're doing so uh, that way and also i know a lot of top uh, former officers who are directors in companies mm, in, right. in defense companies in india today mm. uh, including the boeing defense india's uh, managing director is a former naval officer right. uh, admiral rank rear admiral rank officer so they had a lot of value to these aerospace and defense companies in terms of their uh, ideas in terms of their experience in terms of their knowledge uh, in terms of the skills that they bring to the table right so it's it's a great uh, uh, you know w- partnership that that they can have by hiring them 
Right. Vipin, I think uh, we are running short of time. So I just want to ask one last quick question before we move to like a rapid fire phase. Okay. So it's just gen- some general thoughts. Uh, this is largely in terms of when, when uh, you're a student and you're entering university, right? And especially this is within the context of engineering education in India. What do you think of a culture that we have within the engineering education complex where there is a lot of preference for computer science? I'm not saying computer science is bad. I'm not saying electrical engineering is bad or anything. Or something like saying nuclear engineering. So what are your thoughts on computer science, which is very important being overvalued than a nuclear engineering, which is significantly undervalued when we are talking about a world where everybody is just focusing on drones right now. I think nuclear is also a space where we need to focus. So what are your thoughts on uh, this uh, hierarchy of sorts? Uh, Vignesh, I agree with you on that uh, completely. I think, uh, I mean, I must, I must admit that I was not able to convince my son to take up Tripoli as an option in his B.Tech. Uh, he went and chose computer engineering. <laughs> so the young minds are working, uh, you know, towards that uh, right. sort of a thing these days. Uh, see what has happened is uh, the uh, the student uh, I'm, I'm maybe Swami and uh, me are from <laughs> that era where uh, I, I'm sorry Vignesh I don't know your age so I don't want to really <laughs> comment on it and your appearance doesn't looks as though you just passed out of college <laughs> so, so uh, you know our our times I believe uh, people did choose varied uh, you know technology subjects most of my students classmates I am a science science student I took science uh, in school uh, in 11th and 12th uh, so most of them chose uh, different technological streams to study and uh, some of them left that completely and then studied economics at the later stage uh, or yeah. business management and then went into a business you know managing businesses and or becoming uh, you know financial advisors in yeah. uh, in investment companies and stuff like that so uh, you know that said what i think is that this kind of uh, fascination for computer science is is not a good thing at all uh, you know you need to invest I, I think probably the government itself should there is an intervention that is required from the government side of you know uh, telling uh, indians these are the areas I need people. These are the yeah. areas where I need skills. These are the sectors where I need. Uh, there has to be some kind of a, uh, you know study that is taken up, and then uh, the requirements are put forth in a proper data f- format. Yeah. Uh, and also limit the number of admissions that happen to yeah. the computer engineering or computer science, and then allocate students based on their merit to different categories. Suppose probably the nuclear engineering requires a much more hard work that is required. Yeah. So uh, probably biotech uh, needs even more, uh, you know, hard work that needs yeah. to be done by the students. So probably this side, sort of an effort is required. Probably the government is the best uh, agency to do this, uh, you know, sort of uh, figuring out what is the requirement and allotting uh, seats, you know, accordingly. Yeah. So th- that sort of an intervention is to, uh, definitely required. Uh, I was hoping the new education policy would throw up some that sort of a thing but uh, i didn't see anything of the right. sort there but you know that's that's a thought uh, that i have on the subject so uh, i i completely agree with you on this we need engineers in all uh, yeah. you know, engineering streams not just in computer science awesome so Bipin, thank you so much that concludes the formal part of the interview so we'll now move to rapid fire questions 
So quick answers. I think we have five minutes to go. So we want to get the most out of you within these next five minutes. Sure, certainly. So my first question to you, Bipin, is what are some of the books that have influenced you the most in your life? Well, that's a tough question, actually. I, I, uh, Steve Jobs' book. So the Isaacson uh, biography. Yeah. Okay. So that is that is some that is. Um, Bipin, my question to you is: uh, What does the word "successful" mean to you? Successful is basically effort. That that is what it means. You you need to put in an effort. I agree, I agree with one of your uh, previous, uh, uh, you know, participants that uh, you know it's not just about uh, you know success or failure. Even even if you take some effort, you know, and then you know that okay, this effort I put in it didn't work out. It's fine. You learn some lessons there, and then you move on. and do something else so effort is always important uh, uh you know but you know that fortitude is required for you to uh, make the judgment of uh you know when when you need to stop the effort so that effort is what success success is for me right so this if, is my second venture by the way oh, wow wow <laughs> after a failure of my first venture <laughs> right so so my next question is if you could invite four guests for a dream dinner who would they be and why uh prime minister modi uh rahul gandhi uh then vivek lal vivek lal is uh, general economics yeah. ceo uh and uh, probably i would invite ratan tata okay that is that is very interesting what are three four things that you would recommend to a uh, a young person entering university today uh you know basically uh, Uh, they need to be smart in uh, what they want to do they need to have a fix on what they want to do uh, most of the students uh, you know I, i don't know how many both of you speak tamil i hope yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh, in tamil nadu if you ask youngster which have, has been an experience for me when i travel there as them what do you want to so they say jaliya irukunga what do you want to do in the future jaliya irukunga that's that's the answer that i get i said uh, how stupid can the answer get so <laughs> right. that was the thought that i of course i didn't tell that boy <laughs> but that was the thing that came to my mind so is that your aspiration so uh, instead of saying that okay i want to do this not i want to become this i want to do this so uh, so that my advice would be to do something in life uh, you know have a, have an ambition and work towards it be smart and look at uh, you know you should be like a coin dropped into a you know still water it takes the the quickest possible way down uh, to the bottom so you know that's what a student should look at what is the quickest possible way for me to achieve something or do something in my life so that's what they they should look at and start working towards that great my next question is uh, what's the best piece of advice weapon uh, anyone has ever given you the best piece of advice is uh, you know never to regret anything so that was uh, what my father told me so i <laughs> so that is the best advice i ever got so i have never regretted anything in my life whether it's uh, whether it evolved as i wanted it to be or whether it failed or it never happened as i wanted it to be i have never regretted anything i'm a happy person because of that <laughs> great so bipin my final question to you is uh who is someone whom you would like to see as a guest on contraminds 
in a future episode that's a great question that you asked me uh, i would suggest that you should uh, uh, you know probably call uh, dr ajay kumar who is the defense secretary of india okay great thanks thanks bipin uh, it was a fantastic conversation we had a great time uh, talking to you and i do hope uh, you had a good time talking to us and thanks for sh- sharing your uh, you know uh, depth of experience on this whole uh, rather not covered topic about different startups different tech and uh, how this operates and uh, thanks a lot it was a privilege talking to you and thanks for taking time and talking to us the sentiment is mutual swami and vignesh uh, i really enjoyed this conversation this is something a conversation that uh, not many people have with me uh, despite the kind of i mean of, of course within the sector people do but not outside the sector so i really enjoyed this conversation your questions were incisive probably you know there is a you know i saw in one of the naval training academies uh, uh, there are no stupid questions there are only stupid answers right. so i believe my answers were stupid and uh, uh, you know thank you for this opportunity to be with you and i enjoyed your show and uh, i hope your show grows and grows and grows and a lot of people come and watch it because you're doing fabulous work uh, from what i have seen and i'll be a, one of the regular uh, listeners of your programs from now on thank you so much for the opportunity thank you so much bipin thank you so much for your time and thank you so much in general Thanks for listening to this episode. For selected links and detailed show notes, visit www.contraminds.com/blog. Follow Contraminds on social media and let us know who you would like to see next on the podcast. If you are listening to Contraminds on Apple Podcasts, do share your comments and give us a rating. We are keen to know what you are thinking. Contraminds is also on YouTube. If you are listening to the podcast on YouTube, hit the subscribe button and stay up to date on all our releases thanks for listening and stay safe